Welcome to the Next Level Show, a health and fitness podcast with a little bit of life. Hosted by Jonathan Alvarez, Gabriel Contreras, and Mike Nillis. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Next Level Show, the health and fitness podcast where we discuss our lives, predictions, where we feel like we know a lot of things, but we may probably not. But at the other way, it makes for a great conversation, right, boys? Uh, Mike, how are you doing, man? Good, man. I actually just, uh, as of today, as per the governor, we may be opening back up on Friday. There's been no official word quite yet, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. So I went to my gym with my manager, and we started cleaning, uh, hopefully, uh to get ahead of it. And, you know, if we're opening on Friday, we want the facility to be nice and clean. And it was, uh, it, it was very refreshing and helped me a, a great deal mentally going in there and even doing something as mundane as cleaning. Um, I, I was very surprised at just how elevated my, my mood is now just doing some semblance of, of normality, uh, getting back into my life, even if it was scrubbing a, a, a treadmill. Well, I think yeah. it's more of like just a, just seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Because if you're going yeah. there, hey, that means that we're going to open up soon. The things the things are going to start getting back to normal-ish. Um, I don't think it'll be normal like before, but it'll be some degree yeah. of it, right? So just yeah. just saying, hey, things are going to go back to normal. But um, what else? I think things are, uh, like you mentioned, things are opening up. I think today, beaches are opened up. Is that correct? Uh, and actually, they changed a couple things as... Uh, to them because initially it was only you know to walk and for exercise you can't sunbathe but um last i heard which may or may not be the case it's uh, you are able to sunbathe and you are able to just go out i think the only restrictions would be um you know keeping yourself distant from uh, from individuals yeah you guys hear the same thing or something different i haven't been really keeping up with the beach i just heard last time i checked was probably the last update which was you know, it's open just for like walking and stuff and running. You can be out there. You just, it's not like a recreational where you can just hang out. Well, I guess that's still recreational, but you can't be out there just sunbathing, hanging out, being in big groups. I don't really know. I'm, I'm actually curious. Like, how, what do you think the sun will kill the coronavirus like on the sand? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so I guess, damn, but it's so yeah. damn hot. I think it's just the, the keeping the distance. I mean, like, it's always better to be safer than sorry. You know, you'd rather you know, adhere to all these kind of um, safety precautions and nothing happens. You know, I'd rather say, well, shit, nothing happened to me. What the hell? As opposed to saying, oh, shit, something happened to me, you know, because I, I, I thought it's silly or something like that. You know, I'm, uh, I'd rather be overly cautious than not cautious enough. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, no, I think you're right. I think being cautious is just important in general, because you just, you just never know. I mean, I, I don't, I never live with that fear mentality anyways. Um, I think that how you perceive things is also going to make a, it's, it can make a big impact on your health. If you're with that constant fear of, Oh my God, I'm going to die. Oh my God, I'm going to get sick. Oh my God, this you are, I think potentially setting yourself up. Like, I don't know. I don't know if there's any correlation with the mindset with people getting sick or not. I mean, I, that could be just my own uh, thought on it, but that's just how I decided just to go about my things in general. So, I mean, I'm not necessarily afraid of um, any of this. I'm just ready to get kind of back and rolling and being able to live a semi semi normal life. Obviously I still choose to be clean. I decided to take, you know, my, my things that I can control, which is 
be me always hygiene focused, you know, cleaning my hands, washing my hands, you know, not touching my face, not being up on people. Like I, I even though I've never been like that anyways, I mean, I don't think that much, not much is going to really change for me. So I'm just really ready. I just noticed that Mike has been like in a much better mood this morning because the last couple of days you've been kind of like blah, dude. Dude, I've, I've been blah <laughs> off, off and on. It's, it's just been getting progressively worse. I'm, I, I literally like I was at the gym by myself for about an hour. Like I said, just scrubbing treadmills, which is not fun by any stretch of the imagination. And I'm, I'm genuinely surprised at how much my, my mental health, I guess you can say is attached to my lifestyle. Um, and the things that are a part of my routine, just going into an empty gym, um, granted there was nobody there. I, I wasn't able to be social, but just being in that atmosphere again, really put me back into the, the mindset that I was in. Cause I, I mean, I've, I've been, I don't want to get too far into this cause this could be an episode all on its own, but I've been several versions of myself throughout my life. And, uh, the most recent one being a personal trainer who's passionate about helping people and, that 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 person was relatively new to me and he was still being developed and it it, it got a little little weird for me because i i almost lost like who i was in a in a certain sense and, and it started getting to me um and it, it really brought me down and it was difficult to to kind of remember what i was doing and what i was here for and uh what i was originally wanting to do and, and getting back into that gym it it, it just got me back on track mentally and it, it kind of, you know, just got like a flood of memories of, you know, many deadlifting this over here. And, you know, this guy did his first pull up over there. It was, it was nice. Um, and it, it I don't know. I, I, I'm, I've always been the kind of person who's kind of slow to react. I, I like to sit and think and make sure my, my responses is, is well-founded and well thought out. So I don't, it's not surprising to me that I, I, I kind of took my time to kind of get back into the right headspace, but I do know that I'm also great at learning from my mistakes. And I do consider this to be somewhat of a mistake. I could have definitely handled this a lot better, even though I didn't necessarily crumble or anything like that. But um, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to all of this passing. And like you said, we're going to get to a, a bit of a, a normal place again, or a new normal, I guess we can say. Um, and that'll give me time to kind of reflect on this and, and see what sort of changes I could make or preparations I could make to make sure that I am prepared for this mentally moving forward. And then also, oh, yeah. you know, develop certain skills or learn or do whatever I need to do to make sure I'm uh, able to foster this newest version of myself and, and make it more uh, permanent. And I don't know what word I'm looking for now, but. Well, I think it, it – go ahead. Go ahead, John. I, I just wanted to say that I just, like, I think that Mike is a person that's always been, like he says, I'm slower. He's slower to react. But it, it can be a good thing because Mike doesn't just go off the, the initial impulse that he may be feeling, which a lot of us just react on spot and let ourselves get taken away by that. Mike's, you know, he may not show the expression right away. He, like, kind of sits on it a little bit. And it could be a strength that can also be a weakness, but I think in some cases it can be a lot of good, you know, because it allows you to learn. Um, you, I never see you really doing the same mistake over and over again when it comes to like work and everything. So I feel like that you definitely like, you are a person that up, most importantly applies the new 
new information that you've gained or like maybe that new thought process that you're having, you're, you're quick to implement. And I think that's, that's, it's better. That's more important than being right or wrong. It's, it's just about just taking the steps to do something different. If you just are not happy with the current situation. And I think that's normal, dude. Like, I don't think like anyone is, has been perfect for sure. I haven't, there was like, especially the first like couple of days when this thing started, I definitely wasn't in the best headspace. I felt very blah. I felt very like, you know, concerned. I just felt very lost for a couple of days, but, um, I just started doing things, trying to be productive. Obviously we like started the podcast right when the quarantine started. So it, it's been something to look forward to, to be just being able to talk about it, hang out, you know, talk about different things. And I think that in my opinion, creating, whether it may be your own art, you know, music, uh, you know, workouts, content, if you're a content creator on any, on any field, I think that creating something is really good for the mindset because it, it's, you're doing something, I guess, proactive versus just reacting to whatever is happening around you. So it's definitely been something that this has been very therapeutic, creating content, just being on the podcast has been very helpful in my, for me. And during this quarantine, I wouldn't have wanted it any other way, I guess, if yeah. we didn't have the podcast, it probably would have been much more boring to be just creating content by myself or just not as motivating, I guess. This mm -hmm. has been really cool. Um, but that's all I really had to say. What, what, uh, what did you have to talk about, Gabe? Um, no, that's something about uh, being, you know, a little bit slower to react or to respond. And actually, that's what I was going to say. It's better to respond as opposed to react. Right, yeah. you want to just get all the information in and see what's the best way to um, respond to the current situation, conversation, to to an event. Now, um, me personally, while I my words, uh, I try to respond to certain kind of things with words. Uh, my face definitely reacts right away. It's, <laughs> it's hard for me to, to to hide like a, you know, like a look of like what the fuck this guy just said, mm -hmm. kind of you know from 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 my face. But um, uh, I I try. Um, that's just something, I think that's something that, that, that most people would, um, would, would benefit from. I think a lot of people, right. Because a lot of times we just react from emotions of how something makes us, how something makes us feel. Um, maybe it's something where, you know, I've done X, you know, action for so many years and then you coming up with a better way, you know, I might think like, well, shit, I've been doing this thing wrong for like forever. I don't want to admit that I'm wrong. So no, I'm not going to agree with you. I'm going to just keep on. I'm going to just double down on, on how I like to do things. You know, and it's not about being right or wrong. It's about just what's the best way to approach this thing. What, you know, it could be whatever. It could be training. It could be nutrition. It could be, you know, um, parenting. It could be, you know, living any aspect of your life. So I just think it's better to um, going back to it. To, you you want to respond to things. You don't want to react. And um, I can't take credit for that. I think, where did I hear that? I heard that on some other show, some other trainer. I, know I that, forgot who. I, I know that that's, there's a there's an episode of a podcast by uh, Ben Pukulski. It's the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I believe it is his very first episode. It's the 40-something rules to live by or how to dominate 2019 or something like that. And in one of the, I've listened to that episode maybe 20 to 50 times. Um, I, I love the things that he has to say in that one, but so good. one of the points yeah. that he makes is that there's a, um, in, in between stimulus and res, uh, response, there is a space and within that space lies your ability to, ability to choose. And that's something that was like 
that is so deeply ingrained in me now of like, you don't just, you know, if, if something happens, you don't just respond, you take a moment, even if it's just a split second to really think about what you're about to do in, in response to that. And I tend to take a little bit more time. I would say I'm patient to a fault sometimes, but yeah, no. that's one that's, uh, that's stuck with me. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to carry that forever. So Ben, if you're listening, thank you, sir. And so we have the honor of having Ben Pukulski listening to our podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> who knows, man, the podcast space is limitless. We can definitely try to, who knows, have him on the show. He would just like probably be another guest that just blows our mind. Um, that'd be a great time. Um, I think that since we're talking about coming back to the gym and getting stuff organized, like you, you know, you went up and kind of organized everything, Mike, I haven't been back to the gym in a while um, to my studio gym, but um I think that a lot of things are going to be changing um, in the industry in general. And, you know, we've, we've been hearing other professionals talk about it. And I think it's important to note that who knows what's going through, what's going through people's minds, like, you know, at home, like, are, are, are you going to be the person that's going to run to the gym right when it opens? Are you going to be the person that's going to be very skeptical? Maybe you're going to look for another smaller gym. Are you going to be comfortable being in the gym period? So I think there's a lot of questions that people may be asking themselves. Um, I know that the home market has exploded as far as like um, home equipment, home, home gym stuff, just the percentages in the, in the market has just been reduced ridiculous i think that i was thinking like damn i wish i would have had like some type of business with that home equipment even if it's like bands selling bands yeah bands at least you know um which seems the most realistic for me but would have been great to invest in for real right happened yeah um making dance yeah (laughs) so so i think that it's like super it's going to be interesting just seeing the transition i'm actually curious because you know i think that smaller gyms may have an advantage here where versus big gyms are going to have a big a lot of uh, shifting that they're going to have to do and it's there's a there's a saying that it's like it's easier to turn uh you know a smaller ship you know when it needs to like quicker you can make an adjustment turn get out of a certain you know danger spot whatever but when it comes to a big ship it's actually much more challenging to you know to turn that get you know figure what happened to the titanic but no um so it's it's a lot of it just having that i'm interested i'm curious i don't even know what's going to really happen but i think there's going to be a lot of new protocols a lot of new adjustments on how they're going to structure maybe uh, memberships um the the amount of space or the the capacity limit that they're going to have like you x amount of people in the gym at a time maybe who knows we might see lines at the gym people like coming in like having to wait 15, 10, 15 minutes before they can enter the gym because they have to wait to X amount of people are out when they can go in the workout. So it's, I don't know what to expect. What are you guys' thoughts? It's, uh, it's something that's, we, while we don't know what's going to happen, I think we can all agree that change is coming. It's just to what, to, to what extent. I think the, what everyone, all the gym owners, big and small, have in mind, or their main concern is how can I have my... Uh, normal gym goer from the newbie to the, um, you know, much more experienced individual, um, how can they feel comfortable coming in here and training, right? Because everyone is still, um, you know, weary about going to a gym, to a place where, you know, you're sweating and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it, you would think it's easier to be, um, to, to pass things on to someone else, right? Well, how can I be, me feel more comfortable going in there? And it's just having that, you know, having constant cleaning, having um, some, you know, more space in between uh, you and the person next to you. 
Uh, it's just who knows how it's going to be, right? But um, I think uh, I think I mentioned to you guys uh, off air that uh, one point that I really, really liked that, that seemed to make a lot of sense that uh, Mark Mastroff mentioned was having some type of an appointment-based um, app, you know, for your gym. So I'm going to book uh, today from noon to one. I'm going to go in and train and that's my time, you know, and uh, me and X amount of people are, are set to go in at that time. And once that's uh, this number fills, like let's just say 20 spots are filled and that's it. No, nobody else can come in there. So I think that's something that can help there. But I think that idea would need to be fleshed out some more. Uh, it's it, it changes coming. It's just to, to what extent. But uh, something we like I said, we can all agree that change is definitely happening. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's uh, that's something that would need to be very closely monitored and they would have to adjust it in in real time almost like uh some some sort of committee or feedback system or or, or something because i mean I'll, I'll use my own gym as as an example of the gym that i work at it's a it's a very low traffic facility for the most part but in the mornings we have a silver sneakers uh group of of women mostly that that come in and we don't have a very large group room. It's maybe 25 feet by 15 feet wide. Uh, it's, it's not very big and, and they, they pack it. There's sometimes 20 women in there. Um, and I don't know how very well they'd be able to regulate that. Um, you know, most of these people are retired, so they, they definitely have the time if they were to break up the class into smaller groups. But the, then it comes down to what about the group instructor? They, I know that they float around from one gym to the other and, and that may mess with their schedule. So it's going to be a very interesting and very, it, it's, it's going to start off rough, I think, if they were to implement that. But as time goes on, it'll get better. I, and I also hope, honestly, that uh, the cleanliness and the personal space habits that we've all developed uh, stick more than anything else. I don't, I, I can adapt to just about anything, but I uh, actually going back to, we've talked about pet peeves before and we've kind of gone back and forth off air. Uh, people getting into my personal bubble is definitely one of my least favorite things in the whole world. So I really enjoy the little personal space markers at like target like stay six feet away from me, please. I, I like that. And the fact that people are washing their hands and I'm assuming hopefully that that'll translate to them wiping down their equipment when they're done at the gym. Um, yeah. I, I can't hate, I, I, I cannot stand when someone is right breathing down my neck yeah. when I'm online and you know, what's, what's crazy. So I leave space from between me and the person in front of me. Right. And then I move because the person is breathing down my neck and then they move. I'm like, motherfucker, I'm not moving for you. I'm moving to get away from you. <laughs> so then I either step to the slightly to the side or something just to kind of give them, or, you know, what I do is I just turn like, I turn a hundred, you know, like what 90 degrees that way my elbow might mean my shoulder is now facing them. And if I hit them, well, you're too close to me, brother. Back up. Damn, Dave, you're so aggressive, dude. Um, no, I think that it's a good point. I think there's going to be a lot of transitions for like, like Mike said at the gym that we, like I used to work at as well. So we come from the same gym and um, it's a lower traffic facility. It's an anytime fitness. They're usually smaller traffic gyms overall, depending on the location. Um, but the gym that we have, I think it's, it, it, they've implemented systems like that. It'd be very, very easy. They may not even have to because there's only like during throughout the middle of the day, it's pretty dead in most gyms. I think the traffic yeah. slows down drastically. It's just like, you know, uh, factoring the evenings and the, and the early mornings um, is just kind of organizing those things. But 
I think that wouldn't be a hard adjustment for a gym like that. I think that the bigger things are going to come from like the LA fitnesses, the crunch fitnesses, the, the around the clock fitnesses, which is a Florida gym. I don't think, I think it's only currently in Florida. It's a small, small, small chain. Um, and it's, it's going to be one of those bigger size gyms that they have thousands and thousands of workouts every day, you know? So I'm interested to see what, how they come out of it. Um, I know that group classes, obviously they, they're like the orange theories and, um, uh, there's another company here that's pretty platinum fitness. That's pretty uh-huh, popular yeah. around this area. Um, and I think that they're going <laughs> to Gage like shaking his head. I think they're yeah, going to no, be, I, um, they're going to be gyms that are, I I'm interested to see how they're going to organize it. If they're going to reduce their class size, if that's going to, how bad that's going to affect their numbers. I'm interested, even though like, I'm not a huge fan of group class training anyways, I wouldn't mind if there's someone that listening or, you know, the owner of any of these gyms, we're more than happy to discuss with them, like stuff on air. Like, you know, we would love to, you know, record an episode, just talking about the business of those things. That'd be, I think, interesting to kind of know what's going on. And, um, I think that, I mean, everyone's entitled to make, you know, a living doing whatever they feel they like. And, um, I think this kind of transitions well to, um, kind of what Mike wanted to talk to about today. He kind of brought us some, in a, a discussion, like a topic was just, you know, the pros and cons of everything, you know, it, you know, about these, uh, public gyms, small, little, or, you know, medium, or, you know, the pros and cons of being home, uh, having your home equipment, um, and just the different, you know, just the different pros and cons of all these aspects, because I think that personally, I've never been a person that ever thought about investing in a home gym, like a a legit home gym. And this yesterday I was talking to my family, like about clearing out because I know uh, I have like family members that have like some stuff in their in my garage that they keep there just because they don't have room. Uh, I was just talking about, you know, cleaning out my garage. It's not a super big garage, but I was looking at investing in PRX uh, performance equipment, you know, installing a rack, getting a bench. And I can obviously, I probably know people in the industry that can help me with accessory stuff, but I really like the setup because it's a rack that is retractable. Um, you can push it into the wall so it doesn't take up like a bulky amount of space and you can pull it out. It looks sturdy. And it's the first time in my life where I've actually thought, cause I always thought about home equipment that like I started working out in a home, like in a home gym. When I first started working out hardcore, I've had home equipment. I started at a friend's gym. I just started working out in their gym and they had pretty much a good setup and it got me started. So I do see value, but in most cases, when you think home gym, you think like a laundry rack, <laughs> people just <laughs> hanging their clothes on the equipment because they don't use it. But I think that I, that market, people are going to start probably, even if they, if they haven't already start investing at home, home equipment, as if like, a quarantine may happen right away. We don't really know. I don't think anyone's going to be happy, ha- having that anytime soon, but I personally have to have a whole different appreciation for it. Um, and I'm really highly considering having a nice setup here in my own home. I, uh, I, I really like um, home gyms. Um, well, you mentioned that it's a, uh, it's as far as the spacing of it, you know, it, it can be a little challenging. Like you mentioned, the PRX kind of like helps to um, take that out of the equation by folding in and out of the wall. Um, I personally like them because I, so my first gym experience was in a college gym, a gym in my college, right? And then that was when I first kind of got into it. Then I went and did my own thing. And then when I came down here to Florida, 
like I mentioned before, training with these um, powerlifters, it was in their garage gym, right? All they had was just a rack, um, you know, a, a bench, bar, different types of bars, and um, a, a glued ham race. And that's all that was needed. And we just really, I, I saw probably like, probably the biggest gains that I've had, period, outside of my newbie gains from them, which is probably why I have um, a good, um, a relationship with like a home gym where I really like, you know, I like it a lot because of what I saw coming out of there. Um, I think this this kind of like helps to solve uh, people's, you know, hesitation with, be, with going to the gym and being around someone else, right? Because it's in your house, you know, who else is going to be there other, other than you and your family or um, you can control who goes around there or who you train with, right? If you feel comfortable with a buddy, hey, can we come over? Let's go and let's train. But um, it, it kind of helps to take that out of the equation. Sure, there's um, some cost associated with that, but so is a, a, a gym membership. And gym membership, you don't, you know, is you pay indefinitely. With this, you pay up until you pay off your equipment. You control that aspect on your own, and um, that's that's really it. Uh, it's, I, I think this outside of um, workouts at home, which would be more like body weight style. This is probably, you know, this will get, be a big jump from people pivoting towards this just to um, help to take away all this uneasiness, all these uh, feelings of, I'm not too sure if I can go because it's not clean. Well, it's your own house. You're as clean as you want it to be, right? Yeah. Um, what do, you, do you guys have any experience with uh, either home, gym, home gyms or garage gyms, uh, Mike? Uh, I, my, my parents had a gym in the house while uh, they used a room for a gym and there was some equipment in there. And it, as far as I remember, I used it a couple of times and I, I saw my parents use it a couple of times. Now, this was a couple of years ago and more recently, my dad actually works out at home and he's been very, very consistent with it. He has a nice routine built um, or a nice habit built, I should say. Um, but I, I, I'd say that the the home gym appeal is definitely very apparent right now, but depending on what happens in the future, you know, you may, it may not work for some people because you do have to you have to be highly motivated or disciplined in order to go into that room and separate yourself from the couch or whatever you're watching. And, you know, this is the time I work out. It takes a lot more discipline in my opinion. Um, and it is very likely that it will just be a, a laundry rack for you. You know, you're just going to hang your clothes off the treadmill and the bar is just going to be there to collect dust in some cases, because people don't necessarily always have that, that motivation to, go into that one room and, and, and get it started. Now the, um, the, the other kind of double-edged sword that I see is um, for people that are less inclined to be social, it, it can be a great option because you are the only person there. Everything kind of falls on you, but to the same regard that, that inherently increases the risk. If you're the person who wants to go for a heavy bench press or a heavy squat you've got nobody there to spot you. And that, you know, I, I can safely assume that all three of us have gotten stuck under a bar on a bench press. And that's yes. one of the most terrifying <laughs> things that can, that can happen to you. Um, uh, on a squat, that's on, probably more, more terrifying. On a squat. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's levels to it. And yes. you know, with nobody there to help you're on your own. And if you, you know, get hurt, you've got to deal with it by yourself. So. I'm sorry to, to, to jump in here, Mike. But you know what's, what, what happened to me once? I was in um, training at my job. I was the only person there. I was doing some um, Bulgarian split squats with the bar on my back. Oh, I that's bold. About, 
Yeah, so I had there, and then for some, whatever reason, I can't even tell you why, I get down, and then I lose tension. Oh, no. I just let it go. And I'm there like, oh, shit. You know, luckily, I had the pins there, but still, it was a very, very um, odd uh, situation to be in. And then, which also reminds me again, my first, uh, like I mentioned, my first uh, experience in a gym was in a college gym. I was on um, the hack squat machine and who knows how much weight, way too much weight. I got stuck all the way at the bottom. It was me and my buddy that was there that he got me into lifting. We both somehow managed to pick it up because I was just all the way deep in the hole, like a, like an ass to grass, you know, ass to grass kind of a squat there. And we somehow got it up. But um, those are my instances of being um, stuck, which there are plenty more where that came from. Yeah. And I mean, granted, uh, there, there's definitely some situations where having a spotter is not really going to do much for you like that, uh, depending on how much you're trying to hack squat. There, there's only so much another person can do for you. Um, but that being said, I mean, it also, what, what else comes to mind is the, the fact that the, you know, you, you bought your equipment and that's what you have and that's super exciting. But that, that does kind of limit you. You know, there's only so much space in that room or that garage that you've dedicated. And with that equipment, you've only got so many options. So depending on how uh, creative you want to be or, or what sort of options you want available to you, that aspect can be a bit limiting and it, it becomes a matter of how much you want to spend. So if you want uh, the glute ham raise, thing that you were talking about oh, I earlier. I mean, you have to fork out the money to buy that. It's not just going to yeah. be available to you. Um, you have to make it available to you. So that's another thing to keep in mind if you're considering a, uh, a home gym as an option. No, I think that the biggest thing for people is going to be the convenience factor, especially the people that love already working out. I think that's going to be a great uh, option for you. Because um, reality, if you have you have a good amount of variety of weight in dumbbells. You have a barbell that has a decent amount of weight that you can load, um, uh, an adjustable bench and a squat rack and just some, you know, some pads on the ground, some rubber mats on the floor for any type of deadlifting or snatches or, you know, cleans that people may be doing, whatever your style of training is. I think that that in and of itself, you can build an amazing, an amazing uh, physique just from having that setup. Um, Personally, I would thrive in a setting like that personally. And I think all of us can probably say the same, but yeah. obviously for some people that, you know, lack motivation, it may not be the best investment to go all in. Maybe just start with a couple things. Uh, building the habit is going to be the most important or just having a very clear understanding on how to kind of structure a decent workout where, you know, you can do it. It's effective. You're, it's going to keep you consistent. Those are the big things too. And like, I guess the other cons is, just not having you're by yourself. There's like, do you have a no spotter, but you have little guidance. You have no like assistance really for, you know, people that this is the first time they're working out, maybe investing in a heavy squat rack and, and worrying about having a lot of weight isn't probably your best use of your money. You may want to practice a lot with just with dumbbells, having a lot of dumbbell options, maybe just practice form and technique. And that can be a great uh, workout for that person. Um, and like Mike said, you know, some equipment can be expensive. Obviously, I think depending on how this coronavirus goes and how long it stays and how companies start to shift and mold, because obviously during crisis, there's a lot of innovation in every aspect, every field. I'm excited to see like if they start, you know, making it a little bit more economical or, or options or pricing options. I know there's big companies that, you know, for example, I keep referencing PRX. I have zero affiliation with them, but I really like their stuff. 
um, they have financing options where you're basically paying the, the fee for a packet or you build their, your own gym. Um, you're paying a, a, a fee to pay off the total balance. And it's almost as if you were paying for a gym membership. If you do the math and you, and if you have the value, if you see the value there, I think it can be an amazing, amazing option for people. Yeah, it's a, I, I think I, I like that thought process, right? If you're, if you're used to paying a gym membership or you think like, oh, I can't put down, you know, X, you know, amount right off the jump, you know, I can act like I'm paying a membership. Um, I think motivation would be one that kind of like would be difficult to some people, right? Like for the, like for the beginners, like, uh, yeah. you know, I need, some people just need to go to a place, like right to, to train. And they would associate the garage as if their house and not make that connection, right? That's not the gym for them. That's just their garage with my, you know, the rest of my stuff that happens to have this squat rack or this bench or something or dumbbells in there. Right. So it's kind of like training yourself to to be disciplined in that aspect. Um, and other people, they just need that, that to be in that that environment. Right. With a whole bunch of people hearing, you know, the clanging and banging of the, of the bell of the weights, you know, and, and, and just feeling that energy. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. There are some times that, for instance, even at work. Right. You know, I'm, I'm there and I'm the only one person uh, training. And other times when there's a whole bunch of other people in the gym. It just it, it's just a different uh, sense of uh, energy that that's there that some people would gravitate towards right so it's um it it's it, a lot of pros and cons I would probably um just like you guys um think like this is something great for myself and I think for the majority of people that are um more for the intermediate to advanced but for the beginners for sure I wouldn't uh, recommend off the jump like you mentioned just getting a couple of dumbbells and just uh, train themselves to feel more uh, comfortable and acclimated to the movements before uh, progressing to um, a full-on uh, a full-on set of equipment out there. No, yeah, and I think that also just to kind of sum up the you know the at-home stuff. If you have at least basic essential things, you can build. Because of the reality, when I think about it, and the reason why I think it'd be a great move is just because when I train with someone, I barely use a lot of machine work, anyways, unless this person is with a specific goal or they're very advanced and we're just trying to add more volume to their training without completely destroying them. Um, I think that having the big key essential movements, there's so much, that's how basically, you know, power, you know, strength training and powerlifting and uh, bodybuilding back like in the seventies and sixties were with very little equipment. People didn't have a, um, a bench, for example, to do bench press. They had to like, like clean it, they had to set themselves up almost like they're about to start a shoulder press, lay down on the bench, and then they would bench and then they would put it down, stand back up, put and you know, and that's like, obviously you're limited because now you can add like 300 pounds to the bench press and then unrack it and go into your bench press if you're, you know, you're lifting a tremendous amount of weight, but you can still do so much and build an amazing uh, body uh, from being at home. Also, I've been right now, what I've been doing just for fun, just to kind of close out that part is just, I've been doing stuff that I suck at, that I'm not that good. And I've been doing a lot of just single, single arm uh, movements, like getting really good at single arm pushups. I used to be pretty good when I was lighter. It's just like, obviously I weigh more than I did back when I was like 18 years old, but, um, and I'm getting, I'm really trying to challenge myself and stuff that I'm not good at and doing, for example, one arm chin-ups and i think that's like pretty cool to be able to do so it's like a little challenge that i made for myself that it, it gives me that focus of where i'm going with my at-home training because at-home training personally i 
I'm not a big fan. I know it's very tough to be motivated and I'm not a big cardio doing guy. I just don't like training, doing cardio just for the sake of doing it. Um, I have to be like having some structure or a purpose. And as long as I have a goal at home, I think I can manage, but those are things that you can do of like, you can make at home workouts just really hard. If you're, especially if you're still on the fence about jumping to the gym, but talking about gym memberships and just being in a gym, whether that may be a big box gym, that's like an LA fitness style crunch. Um, or if you're talking more about the smaller boutique style gyms that are like an anytime fitness and other privately owned training facilities that have very low traffic, uh, I guess we can start off with the cons and maybe leave with the pros or which way would you like to go? Mike, I don't know which way you want to start with this one. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we can start with the cons. I don't, doesn't matter to me, but I mean, the first one that comes to mind is like, I'm in a good mood. Yeah. I'm in a great mood today. Uh, the, <laughs> but the first thing that comes to mind when I think about a, a gym, a facility, big or small, it doesn't matter. I mean, you're, you're dealing with other people's leftovers. Uh, when you show up to the gym, um, whoever was at the squat rack before you, if they left it in disarray, that's now your problem. Um, if you're intending on squatting, of course. And then also you also have to, with quarantine and COVID-19 in mind, you have to consider cleanliness. Not everybody is as mindful as, as others. So if the last guy didn't wipe down his stuff and you don't have the wherewithal to wipe it down before you use it, that's now your problem. So the, Nasty the, ass. the na- yeah, the nasty asses can can really play a, a bigger part. And this probably comes down to a personal preference thing. Some people don't <laughs> just before before you go into that next point, I just literally about nasty asses in the gym and cleanliness. I have like at the old gym, the reason I switched over from my last big box gym was because the cleanliness was so bad. And dude, people were getting like ringworms, like from like from the benches, dude. It was so nasty. Uh, that is bathroom, on another level of nasty. And the bathrooms yeah. like literally <laughs> smelled like piss at all times. It was just really gross. So I'm wondering actually how that particular gym. I don't want to call it out on there, but everyone that lives in this area and that knows me personally knows probably exactly what gym I'm talking about. If you do, shoot me a message. Let's laugh about it. But continue, Mike. Did they shit um, themselves while they were benching or something? Dude, I don't know, man. I truly can't tell you. Okay, It was was pretty gross. I mean, I trained at that gym, granted, for like a couple of years, and I made tremendous, tremendous gains from that gym. I loved it. Um, I guess that's where I built a lot of tolerance, bro. That's why the coronavirus can't really take me down, knock on wood. Built up that immune system. Because I built that immune system. (laughs) (laughs) asses. Um. The other, the other con uh, related to the social aspect of a of a box gym or even a studio gym, it it depends on the hours that you go. Kind of like how we mentioned, you know, around noon, you're not going to find very many people in a gym, uh, just generally speaking. But it it can come down to a point where this is another one of my least favorite things is waiting on equipment. If if there's only one squat rack. You're, and you want to use it, you've, you've got to wait if somebody's there. And, and if they happen to be doing, going through a, an extremely long powerlifting session of deadlifts followed immediately by squats, I don't know why you would do that, but you can end up waiting for that squat rack for quite a while. So then you either you know, miss your opportunity to work out or you have to switch up your routine or something to that effect. And it, it can definitely be a negative side to the, the social aspect. Yeah, the two gyms that I train at, they they same thing. They only have like one uh, barbell and one squat rack. And I always say to myself, okay, I'm going to go with 
this in mind to follow this program. However, if someone is there, I will do this in the meantime or this instead of. So I always have to have like a plan B and C in mind just in case if um, uh, people are taking up that space because that's one of the worst things. You get there and then it just throws you all off, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's happened to damn near everybody that you go, you say, okay, I want to I want to squat today. I really want to crush it. Then you get there and you're like, well, shit, they're all taken. What do I do now? Then you're just there like, well, I just wasted all of this time coming over here. I shouldn't have even come. Yeah. What the hell do I do now? I think another big con is that the fact if you're that person that pays for a membership but never goes, it can end up just costing you a lot of money in the long term because you're not getting the value or you're not using the the gym. And especially if you're someone that pays for like a planet fitness, which I'm actually interested to seeing gyms that have very low membership dues like these, um, because they manage really big facilities for a very low cost. I'm actually interested to see how they come out of this whole situation. But um, even if you're paying $10 a month for a shitty gym, cause I'm sorry, planet fitness, if you go there, it's a shit gym. Yeah. Um, and I Agreed. don't, and I'm not sorry to say that, but it's like, even though you're paying in total year, maybe $120 a month, there's zero enhancement fee, whatever the case, that's like, it's still money wasted. It can still add up over the course of time because it's like that thing where it's so cheap that you just don't even bother canceling because it's like, it's $10 a month. You don't even think about it, but it can be even to the point where you're paying a gym that's mem a gym membership that's 30 plus dollars a month. Um, and if you don't go and use it, it can, it, that can be a con where you start, you know, losing money on something that you're not using. So those are like, you know, the net, the, the cons of this versus let's say if you going back to the home gym, you don't have a membership due because you already paid off all your equipment. You, you paid it all offhand. You don't have, even if you don't use it, it's just collecting dust is the worst case scenario, but you're not constantly, you know, paying something that you're not using. I think that was like a big thing that I feel I've never understood people that do that because I've always like used for the most part, the gyms that I've been a part of. Um, and I started off in a little gym that was like a very low cost, $10 a month. It was a small gym by my house. And then I ended up going to a bigger box gym that was like 20, 25 bucks a month. And then I went to a 30, 30 plus dollars a month gym. And I kind of went up in those levels. Now I kind of canceled my memberships just because I train at a private studio and I get most of my training there. And uh, just because I also like was expressing to you guys, I really want to start investing in at home equipment and get my own bar, my own bench, my own rack. And I know for a damn fact, I'm going to use it because I've always been that person with gym memberships. So I'm going to be the same exact way. So I guess if you're someone that hasn't built the habit or you struggle to get in the gym and you're just continuously paying month after month and you go maybe once to two times a month, it may be a little bit, a little bit expensive at the long haul. I think for those uh, individuals, like you mentioned, that just pay for the gym but just don't go, it's where you usually have those instances where, you know, just life happens. You have uh, this big project that you got to work on that you can't um, go to the gym. And one week turns into two, which returns into four. And then you're just like, oh, no, I'll go, you know, because if I cancel, that means I'm not going to go again. But no, no, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And then two months turns into six months. So that's probably the, 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 the situations there. Um, but who knows? I mean, I, but that is a, definitely a case of like, you know, just want to make sure that you get the value of what you're paying for. Um, what I was just thinking now is uh, I think something that, that Mike mentioned earlier, uh, one con could be just not having the type of equipment that you would want at a gym, right? Like you mentioned Planet Fitness. If you want to go and you want to bench or you want to squat, um, 
good luck on that. I mean, unless you guess you want to do dumbbells, but if you want to do barbells, like, right, they don't have any barbells. They're just Smith machines, right? Smith so machine. I think they, I think they may have some bench presses that are like off, like just a, a free weight, like running bar, but most cases, yeah, it's all Smith machine. Right. So that'd be a situation where if you if that's how you'd like to train, you'd have to pivot or, you know, work, a, you know, do a, exactly. You got to find a better one. But um, that's just a situ- an instance. One, one thing that I really like, um, <laughs> a variation to a pull that I, re- that I really enjoy is where your palms are facing each other. So you're like really wide. You know, I, I just really like that type of variation of a pull up, but not all gyms have the, um, the, the bar set up for you to be able to, for me to be able to implement this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned before about really liking the uh, glute ham raise. I think I can only count maybe shit, only like one gym that I've been to that had that. And that was at a, a lifetime, um, which those gyms are nice as all hell. I, I, I think I went there because I was training for, uh, for, for one of my jobs and I had access to it. So um, that was great, but that's, that could be like a con, right? So you're paying, uh, whatever 10 to 30 whatever dollars a month depending but on the they, type of gym if you go to like, yeah. I think lifetimes are like what like 50 plus or even Dude, i think more than that i think like damn near 100 dollars you're like 100 dollar memberships yeah like, it was it's like almost like a spa it is it was it was massive it had everything it was super nice um if you don't I was, use that then you're really bleeding money every year thousand dollars a year <laughs> What are uh, any other cons for um or, or or move on to the pros for uh for for gym memberships? I think for the sake of just like just so we have a so me and Mike have a job at the end of this, we should move on to the pros. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Mike, go ahead with the pros. Yes, uh, pros. I would actually like to mention that that uh that high cost facility that you guys are talking about, life lifestyle lifetime. lifetime. Um, for for somebody who's super active and has the, the the gym life integrated so well into their lives. I mean, if you see the value in paying that much per month, if it's a hundred dollars, but there's a hundred dollars worth of value there in that facility, then like me personally, like you have the option, like, yeah, you could build a sauna in your house with an Olympic sized pool and a racquetball court and a full gym. How much is that going to cost you? Uh, and how much stress is going to go into putting that together as opposed to just, you know, paying that high price tag and going in and enjoying that facility for what it is. And I mean, you don't have to clean up, you don't have to do any of the maintenance there. There's a lot of uh, plus sites to, to I, pr- like I personally see the value in those facilities. It if depends you're going to use what, it. Yeah. And it also depends on where your mindset out. Obviously like if you're a heavy power lifter, you're probably better off finding a powerlifting style gym. But if you're a person that likes like recreational stuff where they have racquetballs, basketball courts, pools, and our massage therapists that are maybe on site or just kind of that spa treatment where you're getting a little bit of exercise, but you're doing a bunch of other things and you're using the resources that are available. I see tremendous value in, in, in having a membership that costs a hundred to $200 a month. If you want, you have the resources and two, you're, you're using it because I mean, for that, I guess the other option would be to have a plan in fitness. I keep shitting on them, but have that shitty membership and that you're losing 120 bucks for the total year versus losing thousands of dollars on a club just because you want to be part of it. Um, I think it'd be dumb, but the pro of it is that you get a different level of service. Usually people are going to be very attentive, clean. They're going to be providing clean towels. Um, you're going to be treated very well in most cases because obviously you're, you're paying 
good amount of money. The crowd and the atmosphere might be even different. Very respectful people, most likely that are going to be courteous to you around you versus the commercial gym where everyone goes. Um, so there's definitely pros with memberships that or gym or facilities that are like that. Yeah, I mean, you get the uh, you you get the a, a big benefit. This is by far my favorite atmosphere is is going to a like a membership type gym. Um, the the social aspect to me stands out, and that's worth the cost of of admission to me. I mean, you get um, for that to, we met, bro. Exactly. I mean, some of the best relationships that I have in my life right now are centered around a gym, and that to me pays for it. Not that I'm paying for a membership anymore because I work there, but it, it's it's just a different aspect that some people may not even consider the value of, you know. And if you're a an antisocial people a person, this this may not mean as much to you. But if you're someone who likes to meet people, or you you like to have that that inspiration that Gabe was talking about earlier, where you kind of look around and you see that atmosphere is is people working hard, that might help fuel you a little bit more. And you also get yeah. the 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 real benefit to me is the potential of learning from others. You know, if, if, if you're by yourself, uh, you are, are pretty much, it, it's up to you to do your own discovering. But if, if you're in a gym and you see that person whose physique you admire doing something, if you're bold enough, you could go up to the person and ask, or you could kind of like just observe and, and try to learn what you can and possibly look it up on your own. But you get that, that exterior, uh, inspiration, exterior motivation, discipline, um, that can play a huge part in the way that you train. And I mean, it just anecdotally, uh, Jonathan, I know that you remember the, the leg workout that you and I had uh, a few weeks before quarantine started where we just said, you know, we don't need legs for the next couple of days. Let's just, <laughs> let's just hammer them as much as we possibly can. That by far was one of the best workouts of my entire life. And I cannot say that I would have pushed myself nearly as far um, if I hadn't been working out with you. And, you know, that's, that kind of like drives the, the point home, I think, because if you do have that social um, motivation for some people that that can push you well beyond Absolutely. the normal limit that you would. I think that's a very big point to hone in, especially like a lot of people that love to work out with other people. And if you don't have the size at your home, this is going to be a limiting factor for you. Or if someone, if your friend lives way too far, but the to come to your house necessarily and be consistent versus if you guys can meet central and kind of go to a facility and train together, the best, some of the best workouts have been with buddies, you know, and it just made the gym kind of like the hangout, even though like we're all getting work done, obviously. But I, I remember I used to spend, you know, anywhere from an hour and a half to three hours. Obviously it wasn't training for three hours, but it became more like, the same group of people were at the same time. We would all get there roughly at the same time to do our own individual workouts, but you're all just sharing, like you're all going through this together, which is cool. It's motivating. If someone's in a bad mood, you have that person to cheer you up or whatever. So I think the camaraderie in like a gym and atmosphere is awesome. And I think for some people it's, it can make or break their fitness. So I think that there's, there's still big value in being able to go to a gym that you feel comfortable with the people around you and, and you have that social environment, even if you are not the person that's spending like mad time talking to people, you are going to be just having just others around you training hard. Maybe you might see someone that is making great progress and they're pushing themselves and you're like, wow, that, you know, that somehow gave you that little bit of motivation that you needed to kind of keep going. 
on your workout. So I think that relationships goes back. I love relationships and I, I met really good people in the gym environment as well. Good friends that I'm still best friends with today uh, because of that. So a hundred percent, I totally agree with the aspect of just being with around people in the gym that you just wouldn't get being on your own all the time, unless you're very, um, very driven and you're just so busy that that's the only way you're going to work out. Understandable, but I think there's value there. Another uh, plus that just kind of came to my head, Mike, when you were talking about um, seeing that uh, individual and trying to emulate um, either a workout or a style, style of training that they're doing. Um, if you're just not sure about how you're training yourself, right, to, about a movement or anything, you have those resources available, you know, the personal trainers there that are working at the gym that's saying, hey, you know, excuse me, I'm looking, um, uh, can you help me with this? Or I need some more information about this. Or let me, um, can you help me get to my goal? You know, you have that uh, option there, having that professional with you that you might not have reached out to if you were to be training on your own or in a, in a, in your garage or, or wherever, then you have to do your own homework and we reach out, wonder who's available, you know, are they any good? You know, generally speaking, you would um, think like someone in a big box gym, they kind of like know what they're talking about. And if they've been there for a while, um, people that even if you are thinking about hiring, you know, a coach, then you can use the time that you train just to kind of observe them. How do they um, interact with their clients? How um, do they train themselves? How, you know, let me bet this person or let me just uh, observe this this coach a little bit more before approaching them um, to help me with my goal, you know, and maybe have a conversation with them before even, uh, you know, to see if we are a, perfect, a good match for each other. So just having that um, additional resource there around you in a commercial gym it's a, it's, it's a, it's a really big positive. I think there's variety there. I mean, there's obviously we're talking about gyms and people are probably just thinking about their big box, but this goes for big box gyms. This goes for smaller studio style, boutique style gyms that are just less people. If you're like someone that is intimidated by having large crowds, you can go to and meet and typically smaller boutique style gyms. I mean, big box gyms are still obviously valid here is that you have professionals there that are working uh, in this case, personal trainers that are going to be able to assist you. And I think that the pros from maybe like more of a boutique style. And I just, I'm kind of biased because I come from this background is just that there's a lot of gyms that are very personal training focused. So there's a lot of uh, great trainers that are going to be able to genuinely help you. So, you know, instead of you're someone that goes there and you're just lost in the big gym because you just don't know how these machines work or how to do it properly or what muscle works what or what machine works what you know you have that that assistance that's gonna just give you that clarity that way you you know what you're doing and you can do this on your own essentially when you want to build up to it another thing that uh that comes to mind is um the sense that you know like if you are more advanced individual um you you get the freedom of of all of the equipment that's that's within that facility you know if if you're taking the time out of your day you take fitness very seriously i see this all the time uh people shop around at the different gyms and see what uh, equipment they have available and then they they choose the gym that has the stuff that they want um and then from there you know personal trainer or not you you have that that freedom to to do exactly what you want you don't have to and yeah you know maybe it's a 30 to 50 dollar a month commitment but you now have the ability to go in and, and do exactly what you want and for the most part whenever you want depending on if it's a 24-hour facility or not but that can be liberating for some people and that's uh that's actually what 
got me into that gym that got me signed up with Jonathan and got me started down this path was I went around to a couple gyms. I knew what was available at certain ones. I checked out another one and went to this one and I was like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. So you do get that, uh, that, that freedom separate from uh, cost necessarily, but uh, that, that's a, that's a big one for some people, you know, going in and seeing they have that, that wide neutral grip pull-up station. That's a selling point for some people. Um, or maybe like for like you, I think you just saw and like, wow, this man is so handsome. Like I definitely, <laughs> sold. Like, I don't know. I'm sure you've was, closed lots of people, John. I, I don't know if that was what went through Mike's process. I mean, you don't have to admit it on air, man. No, no shame, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that we can, I think we covered up pretty much the membership side of things. Um, there's a lot of pros and cons for either of these, but the last one we want to cover is you know the group training because I know group training is you know has has been around for a while now and it's and it was a very big market that was growing before quarantine. I'm actually genuinely interested to see how a lot of these companies pivot because obviously you're trying to social distance and that's not what group training is necessarily about. You are in a group and the gym is run based on that service that they're providing. Um, let's say a, a, a big box gym has group training classes. Even if they eliminate group training classes, they can pr- still make, make up do with memberships and personal training. Now with group training classes, there's typically no one-on-one training. It's all rely, relied on that 100 to $200 a month of, of that you get X amount of classes that you can go to, unlimited uh, or whatever. And depending on how they have to cut size or cut costs, maybe some people are going to be cool with it and adjust or how they're going to be fitting that into the schedule. I'm interested to see, but I guess the cons with it is that it could be expensive. Um, And especially if you're not going to be getting the value that you were originally getting where you could go every day, maybe you're limited to maybe three classes a week versus like the full seven that maybe if they have seven classes a week. Um, So it might be then not as cost efficient than it was before. Um, you know, and workouts are in at the end of the day, like another pro that's besides quarantine, I'm sorry, a con is uh, the workouts are not personalized workouts. They're just, you're in a group setting. You're doing what you can within that group setting. Maybe you're someone that is not as advanced as your partner that's next to you and you're struggling to do X exercises. So it, it just depends. I think that that's the biggest pro for me. That means the fuck you saying fucking pro. It's the biggest con for me. <laughs> Is um, I, it's like almost like I'm advocating low key for, um, for these classes. But the biggest thing I dislike about it is the not being customized to that person. Because to me, being a trainer, being seen working with a wide variety of people, I see the 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 differences in people from just from even if you're relatively close and advanced, the way you move is completely different your weaknesses, your strengths are, are very so drastically from person to person that it's very hard for me to go and say that you can construct the workout that's going to be equally benefit benefited for those two people, you know, even if, and then you're talking about a scale of 10 to 20 people in a class. So it just, I personally never liked it in that sense, but I understand why people do it. Um, Mike, I don't know what your thoughts are on it. No, I mean, you got to consider there's th- there's going to be good trainers and there's going to be bad trainers. And that goes for a big gym, a small gym, a group gym, a yoga class. It, it comes down to the individual. There's good plumbers and there's bad plumbers. I mean, th- that's just within any industry, but with your health and fitness, it should mean a little bit more 
to you because this is your only body that you get as of uh, April of 2020. We only get the one. Um, and that's going to play a huge part. And I've heard, I've never gone to one of those classes before. Um, I, I don't really care for that style of training anyways, so it doesn't appeal to me. But I, I have heard of some some horror stories coming out of it of people going in and you know they hurt their back or they're experiencing some sort of pain and they mention that to one of the coaches and they they don't get much assistance in that regard or they get some sort of variation that that barely works around the issue and you end up just exacerbating these problems you know we've i've sat down with with several people now where it's it's them coming to a personal trainer after experiencing a group class setting and getting, getting fucked up in some sort of way. And then that's, that's now my thing that I'm, I'm helping them with. And that one, it, it comes down to the individual. Like I was saying, it's, it's up to the people within that facility to be able to make those judgment calls because you know these these are all businesses and they're 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 here to make money that's the bottom line of any business and and it's with the health and fitness industry i I think that we there's potential for forgetting about the fact that these are people's lives these are people's bodies that we need to care for and it's it's up to the person running the class to be able to distinguish who should be able to do these movements and I, and the way that I, I understand that they're structured there are certain like levels to the class so they have like an advanced class on monday and then a beginning class on tuesday or something like that am i well like I, how do you di- how do you di- differentiate that person coming in like how are you going to tell that person you're not advanced versus you are exactly it's just it's it's it, even then like even trying to have that as even a positive how do you control that really? Like, are you in versus like if the person really wants to do a harder class because maybe they think it's going to be more fat burning, whatever the mindset behind it. Yeah. How do you tell that person? No, they drove to the gym. Like, sure. Then just do the class. It's like, I guess some gyms are trying to do something like that. Um, like I said, there's, I guess there's a place for everyone cause there's a market for everything, but that's like, I think one of the biggest bones I have to pick with them. Yeah. I, um, so I've not only taken, group classes before, um, I've taught them. And so what this really takes is a very um, confident and skilled trainer in order to run these. Because the confidence and skill that one would need to tell it and tell someone, hey, this class is not for you, or I need to make um, a lot of regressions, modifications to my, the, you know, the plan that I had set in mind to, um, for you. Uh, for that individual that uh, they can get all the way down like on a lunge or on a squat or you know they have some issue some some issues with their movements you know you really need to um, have an eye for that and the more people that you get in your class the harder it is to kind of keep your eye on all of these people right because um if it's like let's just say up to 10 even that's still going to be hard because when I uh, was teaching these I wanted to touch every single person and say, okay, well, this is where you're doing. I want you to feel this here. Careful with this. You're shifting over here. Watch your ankle. Watch your heel. Your toes are rising. Or you know, I, and and by the time I got down the line, it was already done, and we need to move on to the next movement. So that was my, um, uh, I guess, my struggle because I needed because I knew the importance of going to every single person and addressing their issues individually. Um, it was hard for me, but I have been a part of other classes where 
it's really not even looked at or they're just i don't know if they just say you know well not fuck it let me just keep on going but just it's harder or it would take away from the whole class's experience if i address every single person's um movement pattern right so i've taken um like a boot camp class style i've done um crossfit one class before and i realized that it was not for me and my issues one con that i would have with with actually with both of them is even though i know I would consider myself, you know, an experienced lifter. I know what's uh, uh, the appropriate amount of intensity for me and volume for me. But if you put me in a setting where you say, okay, well now sprint, I'm going to do whatever I can to run faster than you. So even if it's pushing past where I might uh, smartly do so, or if I, you know, might adjust myself if I'm just training by myself, right? So I, um, that, that could be a con where you just push the intensity more so than you would normally. Now, I guess in sometimes that could be a benefit too, because sometimes, you know, you, you might not be pushing yourself as hard as you, as you can or as hard as you should. And that's okay once in a while. But if you're constantly taking these classes and always redlining yourself, um, you would for sure, you know, set yourself up for um, some injury or a big setback if you continue along those lines. Right. So um, there are some classes that, that, that lend well to group, group training, which would, which would be like a, like a yoga class. Right. That's one where it's very, um, everyone is pretty slow. The movements are controlled. Um, there is no rush. Um, the, a, a good yoga instructor is always, you know, communicating to you as to what you should be doing, how you should be feeling, where you should be moving. And um, I, that's one that I uh, was constantly uh, more consistently taking every every or every other Tuesday or so, uh, I was taking a, a yoga class and I really found that beneficial. Um, and I knew why, because I would not take a, a boot camp style or any spinning class style or any class like that consistently because of these um, concepts, you know, we've all really been mentioning. And I know that uh, it's, it's not gonna be good for me. You know, I, I have in that same kind of uh, example where I gave about the, the sprinting, you know, I said to myself, okay, let me stop. I'm, my movement is not ideal. I'm past, I'm, I'm, my form is breaking down. I will stop. And then I stopped and I looked around and I was just like, well, you guys need to stop too. Or can you please not do this? Or I want to go in and, 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 you know, correct everyone, but um, it's not my place. It's not my class. So I, you know, I'm definitely not going to do that. Um, there are some, there are, there are some pros here, right? Where it would be the um, people go for the, the community aspect. Right, that that sense of belonging with all the the other people around them. We're all doing this together. We're all in this together. We're all uh, going for the same goal and being able to support each other. And I think that can be something that's um, very positive or very very beneficial for for people to continue along their journey. That they they just would either give up or or not continue if they, if they didn't have that support from those around them going through the same exact movement or the same exact. Um, uh, same exact things that they're that 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 same person is going through right um one instance of how things are done right and kind of like how you mentioned uh mike that there's a good and bad trainers good and bad plumbers um one group class that i know that is doing well from what i hear because i've never taken it myself is um another uh style is like if you guys heard of the, those burn boot camps um there's one in particular where I know that the trainer is, is like really, really good. And he, and he, um, uh, all of the people there actually are, uh, pay attention to people's movements, call things out, um, have one-on-ones with them nutritionally, movement wise, 
um, and geared them toward where they want to where they want to go. Um, there are definitely ways to do it right, but it's just so much harder, and it just takes that trainer to just be very skilled and confident in themselves to go and 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 make these uh, recommendations adjustments to everyone as they're going. I think that it's um for business size. Their group cl- group classes have a lot of pros. They're very lucrative businesses, and another pro is just for the average grower. It's a very social environment, like Gabe says, a community. That's why people like CrossFit exploded. That's why these boot camp classes like Orange Theory and and Platinum and and the Herbalife, even though like I don't even know why they even considered anything, but yeah, they have they have actual like gyms or boot camp stuff. Yeah. Um, it's yeah it's um it's basically just the environment people go for the atmosphere they want to be around quote-unquote like-minded people and um that's that's the that's the excuse i hear right but it's like you know you know just because you're with the crowd doesn't mean you're in the right spot so it's i think that the the best examples of group classes that are done better i'm better options or yoga classes, mobility classes, classes that really teach you. I think that the only style of like class that I would personally be doing for me and for people just to help multiple people that, you know, may not be able to afford a trainer is, is a mobility style focused. Even then it's extremely uh, individual because it depends your weaknesses are not my weaknesses and vice versa, but it's a less risk of, a less impact style class where you're probably not going to likely kind of fuck up your knees from jumping on boxes because you have no business jumping on a box um, versus maybe the athlete's been practicing for years and this is like pretty fluent for him. So it just, I would probably gravitate towards something like that personally. Um, that's just me when it comes to group classes and pros. I think there's really not much pros because we don't, because out of all the other ones, this one has the absolute least amount of pros, I think, for um, in this, and when it comes to these type of things, just because I think we come from that trainer mentality. I think a pro that even all of these can have is if you say to yourself, I want to I wanna use the skills that I learned here and progress on them. Right. So maybe even starting with at home workouts like, uh, you know, back then when I was uh, deconditioned, I, I used um, uh, like with the P90X and Insanity to uh, to get myself going and get myself acclimated. Me and my wife, we were doing them together. And then we graduated or progressed to a gym. You know, if you gra- if you go from an at home workout to a group style to a big box gym to home gym. Right. So that would be kind of like the way that you would progress and, and work your way up on that. If, you know, to gain the, the confidence and the skills in order to do all these kind of things. Which and, to, to, to even play devil's advocate, I think that, you know, deep down that was shit. Um, oh yeah, it was, it was I, totally crap. I, it was, you know, it would make no bodies another company that I'm just like, they have all these different at home stuff, but the programming is very, very poor. Yes. Um, it's definitely not a, a no modality i would recommend for anyone i've done insanity and i've done a little bit of p90x i've done these at home stuff because i was just like everybody else that was like i maybe didn't have access to a gym at the time this is when i really didn't have access to a gym i was literally like still at home working out at a friend's thing and i and like oh this is a workout to burn fat necessarily so it's it's just something that you know, I tell people if definitely don't go that route. I'd rather you go to a, a boot camp at this point because I'd rather someone be physically there to tell you what you're doing wrong. But um, I genuinely don't like um, any of those at home programs. They just really not just not ideal for for long term. 
Yeah, it becomes very difficult to uh, to coach a group of people, and I would imagine that watching a video, <laughs> watching a video. Well, first of all, creating that video, uh, coming up with that program, it it comes down to the person doing it, of course. But a, a, having having a group of people and knowing personally how how much variance there is in just something as simple as a body weight squat. There's 400 things you could do incorrectly on a body weight squat. And there's no way that video covers all of those, let alone gives you the ability to understand what you're doing wrong. You know, most people just, they go down, they come up, that's a squat. And there's so much that can go into it. And there's just no way to really coach you. (laughs) There's no way to like actually very practically coach somebody through what they're doing wrong. If you can't, physically or at least see a video of them doing it and that that is a a a big issue that i have with those um i I would say i I think we're pretty much done with the the group training stuff yes that seems like it's pretty much done but i i would say when you know when it comes to like making the decision or considering everything that we've said it's there's a few things that stand out to me to, to consider the, the things that kind of tie all of these together is, is considering what matters the most to you. If you have the money for a home gym and you have the experience, um, I would say that's a pretty reasonable direction to go. If, if you don't have the kind of money for a home gym or maybe you lack the experience, then perhaps a paid membership type gym is, is your choice. There's, there's different ways to go about doing exercise, doing fitness, doing health. And you, you kind of need to take your own personal preference and your own lifestyle, your own life circumstances and figure out which one's going to be best for you. There's not necessarily one way to go about doing this. So it, it's very individual, very, very individual. Now, it's having that self-awareness, right? To, to know yeah. what, what, it, what it is that you need. What do you want? Um, is it something where, you know, are you fine with just, you know, paying, you know, 10 to 30 bucks for a gym uh, membership and then just being chilling there for, for like a little bit, you know, seeing what, what it is that you like. Oh, I like this equipment or I like that equipment. Let me see how much this would be, how much that would be, uh, you know, and, and then implementing it back into your own home gym. I think we would all agree that for someone that has good mechanics, um, someone that has a, a decent amount of experience, um, lifting uh, a home gym would be their best bet, um, but it it all goes back to what it is that you what, what it is that you you need. What are you going to get out of it? Do you need to have that energy of all the people working out around you in order to 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 make anything happen? Then your mm-hmm. best bet would probably be a, a gym membership and not a home gym, right? That might not be the best thing for you because it'll just turn into a very expensive you know clothes hanger, um, and and that's something that you just definitely don't want want to happen. No, I think that's just being honest with yourself and just choosing the best avenue. I think there's no necessarily wrong avenue. At the end of the day, I will use this shit ex- excuse because this is like what people end up telling me is something's always better than nothing. And that's their justification for group stuff. But I mean, there is better options in my opinion. Um, I think there, yes, that is con- 100% valid is something is better than nothing, but there are better options. And these are some options to consider. And if you're someone that has the resources and sees value and needs help and wants to make real change, you know, out of all these avenues that you have, I think that one thing that we didn't touch up on at all was the fact of just hiring a personal trainer, 
having a fitness professional that's going to be able to help you do what's going to be optimal, most optimal for not Susie, not Becky, not Bill, but for you, it's going to be the best investment that you can probably do. And then you're going to be so much more educated, so much more, um, in a, in a much better place where if you want to express, you know, exp- you know, branch out and try different avenues, then there's a lot of value there, but that basically covers like the pros and cons and kind of what we think that's going to be happening coming out of this quarantine. And if you guys enjoyed this episode, please, if you haven't already, please subscribe. If you're new, welcome. And if you uh, haven't already, leave us a five-star rating and review. We appreciate those always. And if you want to follow us more on our personal pages and our Instagrams, uh, the show is at that the next level show. I'm at, at John Alva, uh, at John Alva seven. Gabe is at prime and glory and Mike is at Mike Nillis PT.